0: It's Sunday, November 29th. Welcome to a new episode of Bazaar. I'm your host, Sid. And joining me in the studio today is Sankesh Jain, all the way from Coimbatore, who is a very good friend of mine and also a banker by profession. Sankesh, welcome to the show. It's great to have you.
1: Thank you, Sid. Thank you.
0: All right. So this week, we'll talk about Lakshmi Vilas Bank, which is yet another Indian bank finding itself in deep trouble. And, you know, if you're a depositor in Lakshmi Vilas Bank, you can now withdraw your money, which was previously like before a week back, it it was under moratorium, but effective from 27th November, you can withdraw your money without any limits. But, you know, uh, again, it was it's yet another bank which has bitten the dust. And we'll talk about the merger deal with DBS India and what it means for the shareholders and for the customers of Lakshmi Vilas Bank going forward. Uh, but first let's, let's take a deeper dive into the history of Lakshmi Vilas. Uh, for people living up north in Delhi, Bombay, you know, this is a name we've not really heard. Lakshmi Vilas is, it's mostly a bank which is, it has its presence in South India and Tamil Nadu and I think the core geographical area is Tamil Nadu, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, right. So it, uh, the bank had started its operations in Tamil Nadu and has been in running successfully in Tamil Nadu for the past 1990 plus years. But it did ex- try to expand uh, somewhere around 1980s uh, and 1995s when uh, the liberalization scheme was announced. Uh, but Yet uh, it had its core functioning uh, restricted to Tamil Nadu.
0: Mm. And... I understand that this bank has been in business for almost a century now. Like you told me around 93, 94 years. So, so it's, it's been in business and it has been doing pretty well, but you know, my, my question is what changed in the past decade or so, like the company now has somewhere like a gross NPA of around 25% and you know, it's bottom line has been in the red for quite a few, few years now. So, when did things go wrong for Lakshmi Vilas?
1: Uh, Lakshmi Vilas Bank, like all small banks, right? It has been its business with small uh, retail bank functioning uh, as such. But what specific to LVB is that in uh, after the global financial crisis, LVB saw that it could have a good push taken the uh, corporate financing also. It started with. Uh, the Ranbaxy Laboratories, say, uh, the owners of Ranbaxy Laboratories, Malvinder Mohan Singh and uh, his sibling, Shivinder Mohan Singh, right? So they approached LVB for, uh, funding for their new concern, that is the Fortis concern. And, uh, that took a dip, uh, somewhere around 2015. Why? Because Ranbaxy Laboratories also got into tussle in US, uh, FDAs and both these siblings were unable to pay the debt, right? So this was just one tip, uh, in LVB's uh, books, uh, so and coming to the NPAs, if you were seeing the NPAs, the NPAs of LVB is somewhere around 25 percentage in 2020, what we are seeing. But the book deterioration started uh, right early in 2017 onwards and uh, for shareholders of LVB who are following their uh, annual reports regularly, See that year on year, uh, the auditors have been uh, insisting on this issue, saying that uh, this amount was somewhere around 750 crores and 750 crores is not being uh, taken back from those uh, businessmen. And uh, their refusal to pay comes with a stick that they are even withdrawing their fixed deposits against which these loans were typically taken. Uh, though, uh, all, though both of these brothers are economic offenders, wing as on date, still Lakshmi bank just couldn't get back on its feet. And, uh, one thing that, uh, 750 crores sounds a small amount, right? In case of a banking, because, yeah. uh, Vijay Malia's yeah. loan was like 8,000 crores, uh, Nirav Modi, 12,000 or 13,000. So, uh, the, the interesting part is why uh, LVB couldn't sustain a 750 crore uh, loss, right? So that, that's typically a, a good question uh, to come across. But if you see the LVB's books, right? Uh, in 2018, it was 20,000 crores. In 2019, it has fallen down to 12,000 crores. So for a 12,000 crore book capacity, 750 crores did matter
0: and you were like before we were talking, like when we were researching for the show, you also told me that, you know, LVB had entered the PCA framework in 2019, September 2019. So what does that mean? Like what happens when a bank enters in a PCA regulated environment? How does that affect the
1: business? Uh, yeah. Uh, sit, uh the, Right, to understand PCA framework, we need to get back to Raghuram Rajan, right? So in 2014, uh, in the in the earlys of 2014, Raghuram Rajan sensed that banks have been sitting on a lot of NPAs, right? And but the problem with these NPAs is that they have hidden NPAs. So they he launched a, a peer review, that is a compulsory audit review for all the loans, uh, books that they are having. And without any caution, these loans were to be classified as NPA. So uh, in, in the early 2015, right when Ravgram Rajan was taking up the review of all the loans, right. this was not just concerning the PSBs, even the private banks were asked to take a uh, look at their books and the cases that they were having, the corporates and the MSME debts all together. One of the possible things that before uh, Rajan initiated this review was whenever an account was going to be an NPA or say a PNPA, that is a potential uh, NPA, uh, they would restructure the loans and then it would be good. So it's just like a Gangasnan, which you have. uh, So (laughs) the the books. Yeah. So the loans were having repeated uh, Gangasnans before 2014. But Rajan saw to it that without restructuring, are these NPAs and if the answer is yes then just classify it as NPA. Now when this was happening LVB saw that uh, being a 20k crore uh, book uh, uh, bank it did had uh, taken its blow right early in 2016 and 17s when it classified uh, say the Fortis say the Ranbaxy Laboratories also and the Religare Investments. Hmm. But one of the most important things is that when any bank right irrespective of a private sector bank or a public sector bank when its capital adequacy ratio is very less and rbi senses that right rbi always monitors every bank all the time so when rbi senses that uh, the depositors interest are beginning to hurt uh, the management is not uh, perverse taking actions against the the, the bad lenders then rbi uh, initiates a recovery called preventive corrective action that is the PCA framework. And what happens in a PCA framework is uh, similar to uh, say a substitute player, right? If let's suppose in cricket one of the players is not playing well, what you do is that you make him a substitute player, you let him play the rangi matches, or you uh, you give him behind the nets, you tell him to correct his course of action, what he is doing well. So, similarly in banks. Uh, in course of preventive correction action, the bankers place with very strict regulations. Right, you cannot expand your books. Uh, every uh, recruitment of your employees will be monitored by the RBI. You have to constantly report to the RBI and what you are doing and what you are not doing. You cannot pay up dividends to the shareholders. It's like recovering an almost a dead patient. Yeah, the, that that's that's the correct analogy for this. <laughs> RBI had placed 11 private uh, like PSBs that public sector banks in uh, preventive collective action and two of the other banks that found its way to PCA was LVB and um, Yes Bank right so we have already seen what Yes Bank had been to and LVB was like it was not a surprise at all uh, for people who have been following these things so it, it had to see its day one time.
0: I got it so what what when when you are included in a PCA framework, what that basically means is that limits a bank from expanding. And it's a, it's a clear indicator that things are pretty bad at the bank. And so that's okay. I mean, we, we know that, you know, people who are following this, they knew that Lakshmi Vilas was in trouble. And this 25% NPA is just a clear indicator that, you know, the things were not good at the bank, but about the merger, let's, let's talk about the merger as well. Like, before the DBS India merger deal that was, you know, just announced by RBI, I think uh, two, two weeks back, there were quite a few suitors for the bank. Like India Bulls Housing Finance, I think around 2018, it was in talks to aqu- acquire the bank, but then I, I think the deal never went through. Then after oh, wow. India Bulls Housing, I think Clicks, Clicks Capital was in talks to buy the bank. Then at some stage, I think even PNB and Kotak Mahindra Bank were being considered as potential candidates. So, why did those deals never materialize? Like, what happened?
1: Uh, one of the things about uh, uh, like finding a suitor for your bank is, is this risk, uh, uh, obviously, with the dad, right? You know, here, the dad is the Reserve Bank of India. Right. Uh, when when it comes to Lakshmi Villas Bank specifically, right? LVB is is almost a very small bank. I mean, uh, it's, it's as much as Reliance taking over Urban Ladder from Bangalore. Mm-hmm. So every bank uh, could have found uh, itself taking over LVB, but RBI was adamant uh, with the way it wanted to move forward. Before uh, India Housing Bills, we had our Capital Finance. Which was ready to, uh, it had an Everstone capital uh, company which wanted to have stakes in LVB, but uh, the. Shareholders didn't allow. Uh, you now, this is a very interesting scenario. Why? Because shareholders were one of the major cause why LVB is uh, taken over by DBS as on date. You now, we'll come to that uh, at later part, but now focusing on the question that you have asked, uh, what about other suitors? Eh? So after Indostar Capital, we had this one very interesting person, the housing bulls. Uh, housing bulls, actually the shareholders went through it. Now, one of the interesting parts here is that Housing Bulls had a stake of almost five percentage in, say, LVBs, right? India Housing Bulls, when it went through LVBs board, uh, LVB shareholders meeting, also the RBI outright rejected the deal. The reasons for the rejection was not notified, and similarly Kotak and uh, Punjab National Bank, you are saying uh, these deals never materialized uh, as they were very. The the valuation that LVB was giving and the valuation that these suitors were giving were were really not uh, suiting each other, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, regarding clicks, uh, when it came after uh, India Housing Bulls, uh, we never got to hear anything after that because uh, there was a sudden announcement of DBS taking over LVB.
0: So this is what I'm curious about. Okay, LVB is a bank with a gross FBA of 25%. Why would a big short bank from Singapore be interested in such a bank? Not only that, they'll also need to pump considerable amount of money to revamp the operations and to bring the loan book back into shape. So, you know, it's already out there, but uh, DBS, India is buying a controlling stake in LVB and the merger is already effective from 27th of November 2020. So, What do you make of the deal? And, you know, how does it make sense for DBS India to buy LVB? Like, is there any potential synergies that could result from this merger, according to you?
1: Uh, Regarding DBS, right? Now, this is one of the most interesting things to look forward, right? Why DBS? It's an obvious question. you, you have this Atmanirbhar fiasco going on saying that uh, we'll be uh, Indians. And now you're handing over one of the major parts uh, to a foreign bank. But uh, what needs to be seen here uh, specifically is uh, at the Development Bank of Singapore, right? Uh, what DBS is, is, is a bank uh, established by the government of Singapore. And this bank is, uh, has seen its 50 years of successful running. It's one of the most successful bank in Southeast Asia as a whole. Now we will really coming to the India story right RBI had always maintained this with the foreign bank saying that if you are uh, having a localized bank in India, that is if, if a bank you are setting up in India is being headquartered and if it is registered in India, then we are going to favor you than other local banks right So the government of Singapore uh, through this uh, development Bank of Singapore Limited, when it came into India, it set up a local bank. So, DBS is a local bank. It is a 100% wholly owned subsidiary, but uh, as it is, it is registered in India. Now, what is more important here is that this is a, only the second uh, wholly owned subsidiary, right, after the uh, Bank of Mauritius. Uh, so, DBS being in India, being regulated by the Banking Regulation Act as well as the Companies Act, where the Banking Regulation Act overrides uh, the Companies Act as such. RBS was more than willing to see this bank as one of its own, right? That is one of the main reasons why RBI saw uh, DBS as a potential suitor and coming to DBS portion, right? Now, if you see the DBS annual reports, the recent annual reports in 2019, DBS book was around 18K crore, right? And um, in 2020, it had increased to 19K crore. Uh, This is with how many? Uh, 33 branches across uh, the states in India. And it is having uh, most of its operations in digital mode. Now when LVB as a bank is coming to it and, and when you see LVB's books, LVB is a very small book, right? Leave that 25% of that debt, 25 percentage of a 12k crore uh, loan company this is nothing to a company which has its uh, huge stakes in Singapore as such. For DBS, this was uh, a platter, uh, uh, a platter in the sense uh, shareholders gave the platter to RBI and RBI had just served this platter to DBS, which which it took out uh, uh, exactly as it came along. Uh, only thing is that DBS succeeded in convincing RBI that it will be taking over only the assets and liabilities and not the equity. Right? So that's what uh, its benefit for DBS as such. Yeah, because... Uh
0: like you're talking about the equity here from the date of the merger, all the branches of LVB will function as branches of DBS India. And what this means is that if you're a depositor or a borrower, you need to check the rate of interest again on your deposits and your loans because DBS might change a lot of things and probably do a complete overhaul of the bank. And so if if you're a customer, keep an eye on that, you know, just check the interest rate and probably if you're not satisfied, Just, you know, you could take a decision, but like you mentioned from a shareholder's point of view, uh, trading was suspended from 26th November, 2020. And also as per the deal, the equity share capital of existing shareholders would be completely written off that, which means that if you're a shareholder in LVB, you'll get nothing. It's done. Like you, you get zero value out of the shares of the, the shares that you hold of LVB, which is, it does not make sense because like that, that's, I think that's detrimental to the shareholders in some sense. And I think there is some case going on and Madras High Court has passed some sort of an order, like, you know, to give some relief to the shareholders of Lakshmi Vilas Bank. But again, you know, this deal just, it's a, it's a win for, it's a big win, I think for DBS India, because I also remember you telling me that DBS is an amazing service provider. Like you told me, uh, you could open a bank account in DBS within 15 minutes. Like if I'm, if I'm not wrong.
1: Yeah. Uh, that, that's one specific thing, which I had, uh, witnessed it myself. My D- digibank account, right? That is again, one of the branches of DBS bank, uh, was open in less than, uh, Say ten to fifteen minutes. That that took the time. But uh, coming to the shareholder point of view, right? Uh, one of the most important questions that people are raising is that, uh, uh, isn't it detrimental to shareholders? Like, uh, why should the shareholders suffer? Now, uh, given this is the basic fundamental principle of any investing, that as an equity shareholder, uh, you are the last resort. You are going to take the last bread out of the crumb. I mean, the last crumb out of the bread. However, you're going to put it. Uh, But why was this chosen by RBI? Like because there is no precedent to it. If you are seeing the past mergers, the let's suppose say Centurion Bank's merger with the like the bank of Rajasthan merger with ICICI, then you have the global trust bank which had also a merger at every point uh, These mergers were in effect keeping the shareholders interest. That is the shareholders were given uh, more or less uh, equity shares in the in the amalgamated company as such, but why not LVB? Uh, the, the interesting part here to note is that uh, the LVB shareholders managed a coup in September Right now, that's something which uh, which did irate uh, RBI as such. The RBI had been invoking repeated regulations over LVB saying that, uh, see, this is a bank which is not being run properly. The management is not uh, is is not up to the task of what a banker should do. And for the past five, six years, RBI has been hand in LVB, giving it so many chances internally to regulate itself. And if you are seeing LVB from a management point of view, For the past seven or eight years, uh, no chairman except one has completed its full term with LVB. Hmm. And in September, right, coming September 2020, seven directors, right, they were ousted by the shareholders from LVB. This also included the chairman who was sitting and also the statutory auditors of LVB. So this is something which uh, RBI was like couldn't take anymore. Uh, It was like if if there is management as such and if you're not able to appoint uh, proper people on board, then I need to take a bigger hand because RBI has rightly said has a bigger power uh, by Banking Regulation Act and the extraordinary powers also make it easy for RBI to take over the bank's management where it finds that it's being not run properly. And, and I think that's one of the major reasons when DPS, uh, proposed to, uh, RBI, right? Under, uh, under its, uh, clause seven, I think so, of the gazette notification, Direct, where it specifically states that, uh, every share capital, including the reserves and surplus, will be written off before the amalgamation. And that's, that's a gazette notification. And RBI was willing to give hand on gloves to the DBS. I think that's, that's an RBI stake.
0: Definitely RBI has a lot of power and, you know, it can, it can regulate the banks any way they want to. So, I mean, the shareholders are obviously not happy, but I mean, if you, if you are a logical shareholder, you probably would have sold your shares well before 26th November, 2020, before the trading actually got suspended. And probably if you just did a little bit of research, you probably would have never invested in LVB, like even three or four years back, the, the cracks <laughs> were there for everyone to see. So, you know, it's, it's, I think most people who lost money were the ones who traded in LVB and I remember you telling me just before the trading was suspended, like three or four days back, there was some major buying, crazy <laughs> buying that happened, like 29 lakh shares. I think that was the volume, right? 29 lakh shares. Yeah, yeah,
1: 28 lakh shares and the bid price was 7.65. And, and one of the most crazy things about this said is that uh, uh, I being in a tire city, right? So I had pretty much two or three people coming up to me and asking uh, "LVB price is uh, 52 week low. Like, uh, can we invest in LVB? And <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> right? And and I think it's proper also, like, because uh, now you're seeing the company from a speculative point of view and from a speculative point of view, it's like, it's, it's your call. You lose, you lose the entire amount. You win, you win a big stake uh but, but going for lvb uh, when you know that it is being taken over by dbs uh, it's, it's all over the news and still buying it uh, like 28 lakh shares or 7.6 for this this comes somewhere around 2.5 crores now uh, that's that's an investment i i am uh, like visibly uh, not sure who could have done this thing
0: you cannot call that <laughs> we we cannot Term it as an investment, that's basically you, you're gambling with your money. That's, that's how I would say because obviously like it's all in the news, you know, that probably like the news of trading suspension, I think was not there before. Like it was only released around 25th of November. So people who bought 23rd or 24th, they were not aware that trading would be suspended. But even after that, you know, that you're not going to get anything. DBS is not going to give you any shares. Even then, if you're yeah. buying, then my friend, you are in trouble. Then <laughs> I'm. I, I find it hir- hilarious right. that people were still buying LVB so close to the. Yes, so- that's Indian market, right?
1: And this is not new. It, it has happened all the time, right? Even with Yes Bank, you can find the, the buy tips when Yes Bank uh, uh, was right out of moratorium. Uh, there was a crazy buy run for Yes Bank also.
0: I remember Yes Bank hitting a low of around five rupees and. People were still buying it. I mean, and they, they made a lot of money. It's, it's not that people did not make money, but you know, it, it's just how sp- the Indian markets are very speculative. Like how much ever we want to talk about fundamentals, but a lot of stuff that is happening is because of speculation. We will not go deeper into it because, uh, That might,
1: yeah, you, you (laughs) cut the portion, that will be fine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so that's, that's what it is. And so, so we also wanted to cover something about the depositors. Like, uh, you know, we've seen with PMC bank and we've also seen with yes bank, like the moratorium and how there's a limit on your withdrawal, like with uh, LVB, it was 25,000. So, you know. No one thinks before, you know, putting their money in a bank, like even when I put my money in a bank, when I choose my bank, I don't do any sort of research. But after seeing all these, uh, you know, banking tragedies that are happening, I think it's, it's, I think necessary to do your research before you put your hard earned money into a bank.
1: Uh, it is it like because uh the the amount of deposits that you're making is is uh, is again uh you are giving your money to somebody else now since in india we have never seen a bank run right so uh every indian is, is somewhat say uh satisfied that his money is safe uh, with any bank now that's that's in part very true uh, because uh are functioning on the banks is very much uh good and uh like what it has been proven in the past. The problem is that it's not whether you will lose or not lose the money. But the main problem is that can you withdraw the money when you want to all the time? Now, that's, that's a significantly uh, underrated question which people don't take. Uh, uh, you have your money with one bank like right? uh, you have uh, blacks and crores of money in just one bank and you hold just one bank account uh, that that does create a serious trouble uh, not now but in the future it could so uh, one of the fundamental things to go about here is that if you have a significant amount do spread it across two or three banks don't have all your eggs in one basket it doesn't just apply to share markets it also applies to your bank deposits uh, so, uh, and it's also good to have at least one public sector bank, uh, not not the IDBI uh, likes uh-huh. of the Karnataka Bank likes, uh-huh. but uh, the likes of the Punjab National Bank or the State Bank of India, knowing that uh, those banks are, are safe at least for the next decade or so, right?
0: Definitely. I mean, you know, after Yes Bank, after PMC, and now LVB, I think people you know, will will do some research, like just check a few ratios, the Casa ratios and the capital adequacy. I'm not, I'm not saying check, go deep into the books, but just check what is the liquidity of the bank. It's, it's very easily available on Google on money control. And you, you can just do some research before you put your money in the bank. So I, I think it's very important, like you said, to not put all your eggs in one basket, diversify, I, I think people have never thought of banks in this way before. But you know, banks are not risk-free. There is some sort of risk when you put your money in a fixed deposit or in a you know in a savings account. It's it's not risk-free. So do take that in mind. And uh, you know that's it for today's show. Uh, Sankesh, uh, thank you for coming on, buddy. It was great having you. Thank you.
1: I'm I'm grateful for being here. Thanks.
0: And I hope that I can have you for more shows on banking and on other topics as well so let's be in touch will be said forever definitely all right guys that's <laughs> today's edition of bazaar people on the show may have certain recommendations to buy or sell but don't buy or sell based on what you do do your own research before you take any investing decision and also do your research when you're putting money in a bank so that's it for today and we'll see you next week